Glitter. RPG a day. Take over. Kia ora, morena, tēnā koutou katoa. Hello and welcome back to all of you to Jules from NZ. Kei te pehe koutou, how are you all? Well, tēnā pai, I am good. I'm here in RPG A Day, August, and uh, we're getting through the prompts. Um, and they have been actually really inspiring in terms of thinking about why I RPG and how much I love it and why I'm still here after all this time, I guess. Um, I'm really enjoying listening to everybody else's thoughts around that as well. It's pretty cool. Um, I do have some call-ins today, and I thought I might uh, get to them first before we go through uh, week three's prompts together. So uh, take it away, lads, without any further ado. Hey, Jules, Jason here. I just want to listen to your can't talk. I just listened to week two for RPG a day and I want to echo what Spike Pitt said, what Colin said about really enjoying what you're doing with it. I've enjoyed in the past years when you took the prompts and crafted a story around that. I thought that was really cool as well, but I'm really enjoying hearing your answers to questions. So I'm glad they did questions this year and I'm glad you're, you're doing it because I'm really enjoying hearing what you have to say. Anyhow, hang in there, take care, and I'll talk to you soon. Yo, Jules, that was a really, really awesome story about why you got into playing games. Really introspective and thoughtful and powerful and beautiful. Awesome. That was very, very cool. I I don't think my answer will be that <laughs> that good, but now I'm going to have to try and make it that good. Because the question deserves it. It's a really good question, and you did an amazing job of answering it. And yeah, thank you for all the kind words. Um, Yeah, Monster Heart rules. I could have sworn that I ran a game of Monster Hearts with you in it, but apparently not. Maybe that was just wishful thinking. We should do that sometime. It's been too long since I've run some Monster Hearts. And October is fast approaching and cannot come fast enough as far as I'm concerned. So yeah, we'll we'll have to get something figured out on when we're going to play some Monster Hearts. I'll put together a fun little thing. Perhaps back in the same small town that the... Uh, special Wheeler Woe episodes are set in the holiday special episodes for Halloween um, where the kids all went to James O'Bear High School because that's just the best. And if folks you don't know, James O'Bear is the fella who uh, wrote and drew the comic book The Crow. So, yeah, fun. Awesome job, Jules. Great work on RPG a day. And I will talk to you later. Have a good night. Peace out. Kiora Jules, Spencer here. I just wanted to say thank you for week one of um, RPG a day. I forgot what it was called there for a second. Um, yeah, dedicating it to your mother like that. That was wonderful. And thank you so much for sharing that. Uh, I just listened to um week two equally thought-provoking answers there amazing stuff 
Um, I hope you're feeling better. I'm wishing you the best of luck with the 24-hour charity stream that you're doing. Hope everyone can tune into that at some point. And congrats on taking over the reins of Fate of Eisen. That's wonderful, amazing stuff. Take care. Bye. So that was um, Joey from Hindsightless, Jason from Nerds RPG Variety Cast, and Spencer from Keep Off the Borderlands. Thanks, crew, um, for calling in and, um, you know, just uh, saying lovely things and appreciating uh, the thoughts that I have in my brain. Um, <laughs> and them not staying in my brain, but coming kind of tumbling out of my mouth in a random sort of way. Um, I am feeling better, although you would not know it today. Um, I have been coughing like a crazy person again today because, of course, last night I decided to go and visit a friend who needed a visit. Um, They've been struggling with some stuff lately Um, and uh, I need them to do a few things. And, you know, sometimes when you need things done but the person just doesn't have any spoons to get things done instead of like being angry or mad about the fact that they aren't you know doing the things that you need you need to stop and think for a second about actually what they need as annoying as that is you know sometimes not being selfish is annoying Because it would be a lot easier for me to just be mad at them and just be like, no, I need the I need the things, right? Like, I just need you to do the things. Can you just not do the things? Like, I know you're going through some stuff right now, but I need this. You know, it would have been the would have been the easier course, sure, but like, is that the better better one? <laughs> no. So, you know, I I went around last night and was just like, hey. You know, I know you're not in a good place right now, so what do you what do you need from me? You know, like genuinely, what do you need? Do you, do you, do you just need to like talk to me for a bit and just see what comes tumbling out of your mouth and see if that helps you make you feel better or you know, like can I just be here? I I took a bottle of, you know, Coke Zero and some lollies and just sat petted a cat, talked about life, and sometimes how much it sucks, um, and how that's actually okay. Uh, we ended up having some very big, deep and meaningfuls, because, um, without getting into trigger warning subject material, because it got pretty heavy, because their life has been pretty heavy lately, very heavy, and it's not my place to talk about it, but, I'm, we got talking about our place in the world and how little we actually matter in the big, great, grand scheme of things, um, that nothing we do really will ever really matter, you know, because we're not the fucking president of the world or whatever you know like nothing you know nobody's going to be terribly bothered by anything that we choose to do in our lifetime and how great that is 
because the truth of the matter is, is if nothing I really do really matters, then who the fuck cares what I do? You know, I, I literally can do whatever I want and that should be a relief, you know, not, not something to dwell on or feel sad about because, you know, you don't matter in the grand, great scheme of things. Because actually what that means is sort of everything you choose to do matters because if nothing really matters, you know, if, if, if you're never going to make a massive impact on the world, then the things that you choose to do are all about you and the and you and the choices that you choose to make and the, the time that you choose to spend and the people you choose to spend it with and the things that you choose to do that make you happy and those happy around you, you know? So it's the choices that we make to spend our life that doesn't really matter matters to other people more than it matters to anything great and grand. So it kind of takes some of the pressure off, right? You can just choose to be nice to people and not trample all over people because why bother trampling people to go nowhere and do really nothing? You know, you could just choose to enjoy your life and do things that you love and spend it with people that you actually give a crap about rather than worrying about spending time with people that you don't really like. Um... You know, I don't know. I find the concept of me not really mattering quite a relief. I know some people that wouldn't be. Some people would think them not mattering in the great grand world would be like the worst thing in the world. But for me, it's not. (laughs) I'm just, I just think about that and I'm like, oh, thank goodness. You know, nobody's going to know about this silly podcast that I made one day. Um, and how many times I said dumb stuff. Um, nobody's going to care about that, really. But one day, if I pass away and my niece wants to get to know me, then it'll be there for her, you know? But, like, only if she wants it. Only if she cares. Because it's not going to make a great big impact on the world or anything. Um, yeah, I don't know. And then it reminds you that you do these things for yourself. So if it's not bringing you joy and it's not something that you you feel matters to you, then why are you doing it? <laughs> it makes it makes life very easy when the questions come down to that. Like, eh, do you like doing the things that you're doing? Do do they make you happy? Choosing choosing to do things that make you happy and choosing to put your happiness before, you know, like doing the traditional or doing what people expect or doing what you think matters based on what other people have said or whatever is both the most simple thing to do and the hardest. And yeah, yeah. I am a big believer in that after having suffered so much loss and just the absolute dissolve of my life as I had built it 
around what everybody expected me to do, you know, and realizing that what everybody had expected me to do wasn't making me happy. And just a huge shocking revelation that was. And then having to figure out what to do about that and then being miserable <laughs> about that. You know, and we we talked a lot about what true, you know, kind of misery is that 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 big black dog that I talk about sometimes that that very serious illness. And and I use the word illness without the mental tag, you know, because let's face it, depression is an illness. You know, like whether it's a mental illness or not, it doesn't make it any less of an illness. And sometimes illnesses just get you. You suffer. You die because of illnesses. And man, did we talk about that last night as well. And after all of these chats, we came to the conclusions that um, life is hard and it sucks. <laughs> but you gotta, you've got to find the, the bright spots and the things that make you happy and concentrate on them and dive towards them and the people that make you happy and dive towards those two. And accept that depression is an illness and there is no point in feeling guilty or angry or you know, wishing you'd done something different or changed something around how somebody succumbs to an illness. Because sometimes it doesn't matter what you do. That person will be taken by their illness regardless. And it's not your fault. And it's okay to feel sad as long as you don't f f take it on board. So, yeah, um, there were some pretty big chats. and But at the end of it, I felt like I walked away from there having helped hilariously having got my stuff because in the end when we were talking about things that we enjoyed you know playing games with each other was one of them and we decided to spend a little bit of our time after talking so much about you know things that we enjoy and things that bring us happiness and things that are worth spending time on you know, being, playing games with each other and, and, and putting out content into the world that makes other people laugh was something that we both agreed on that we, we loved and, and made us feel good. So in the end, I ended up getting the things that I needed. Um, uh, that wasn't, I mean, it, it kind of was why I went there. I was hoping that we might be able to work together because I knew that they were struggling and I was just going to, 
you know, like sometimes when you're struggling in a dark space, creativity isn't exactly easy. So I thought maybe just being there and, and helping them be creative and, you know, sometimes creating in a vacuum is harder than creating with somebody to bounce off, you know. I mean, that's part of the reason why I went there, but also I went there to make sure that they're okay and that I don't have to worry about them. And although we had some pretty hard chats and some pretty serious ones, I think I think I don't need to worry about them. And that makes me very relieved, um, honestly, because I don't know that... Um, I mean, I could, you know, deal with more loss than I will have to before I die, I'm sure. But, God, I hope I don't have to deal with any more of that, you know? Depression is a very serious illness. Tell your friends you love them and spend time with them. Because sometimes that's enough to, you know, keep the big, bad, black dog at bay. Anyway... This got very serious and I did not know that's where that was going. Um, whoo, okay. Um, yeah, okay. So let's talk about RPG a day prompts, shall we? <laughs> um, yeah. Yep. Okay. Gathering my thoughts. Let's talk about um, who I would like to GM for me. Day 15. Day 15 prop. Well, I mean, this question I actually really struggled with. Um, I was trying to record this yesterday. I'm kind of glad I didn't now because, you know, yesterday I was in a worried space and today I'm just in a reflective space. I don't know. It's different. Um, I was struggling with this question because I actually just didn't really even know how to frame it. Like, is it anyone at all? Like fictional, dead, a crazy movie star, you know, a very unlikely possibility or are we supposed to think about likely possibilities? You know, like someone who hasn't DM'd for me but that would be cool to and, and might actually be able to. You know, like I didn't, I didn't really know how to frame it. It all felt too wide. So I thought I would give you three answers actually. Um, so for anyone at all, like anyone, fictional, alive, etc., um, Terry Pratchett. Uh, Terry Pratchett has an amazing brain. Um, I love his books. I love the satire. I love the, the twists and the turns and, you know, the way that he puts the mysteries together and um, reveals them in front of you. Um, in this very clever, funny, tongue-in-cheek way. Uh, I would have loved to have a game DM'd by Terry Pratchett. I think that would be amazing and fun and full of colour and life and vibrancy. So, yeah, it'd be really cool. Um, someone who is, like, technically possible but incredibly unlikely and I would probably have to pay a lot of money, I'm... Um, Celeste Conowich of Venture Maidens, the, the DM of Venture Maidens. I think she is incredible. She is my uh, DM goals, my RPG goals, definitely. She's doing incredible things in the space. And 
uh, Venture Maidens is actually publishing a, um, you know, like a, 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 oh, what God, what do you call that? I've bloody backed it on Kickstarter and it's due to be released soon, but like a campaign outline of their world. I cannot think of what that is called right now. There is a word for that, but it escapes my brain. So like, you know, um, she's my, you know, she's my little dream RPG girls. Um, so having a game RPG'd by Celeste Konojic would be cool. She does things like D&D in a castle and, um, really cool events like that. So, you know, I mean, it's technically possible if I flew overseas and paid a lot of money to get that done, but you know, probably very unlikely and, um, actually possible. Uh, well, it's pretty obvious. Joey, Mr. Director of Hindsightless. He's my favorite DM. I think he always will be. I like the way that he builds stories, tells stories, builds our characters into them, has a cool grasp of every world that he creates, has this sweet balance of letting us muck around and have fun in the world, but also keeping us on track and telling the story. And, you know, I just, I just think he's a very skillful awesome dungeon master and I'm incredibly lucky to be playing with him and I just want to play more games with him and I hope he doesn't get sick of me yep so that's day 15 who would you like to GM for you at all possible bases covered so day 16 what would be your perfect game um so I kind of went kind of again kind of liberal on this like sort of describing my perfect game as a whole. So I definitely think I would want to be playing 5e. Um, and the reason for that is because I just I just really love the game. And I think there's lots of options and I like building characters in 5e. It's easy without heaps of complication, but lots of variation still. Um, and the game is easy to play. So you, kind of the game gets out of the way of the role play. And I like that aspect of it so we can just have fun with the character that we've built without the character kind of becoming a pain in my ass because I'm constantly trying to remember what I'm doing and having to look up things you know so that's why I would choose 5e but also I would have 5e doing something I've never done before which is an all-day session I just really want to play an all-day session I kind of missed you know, like when everybody is teenagers and, and, you know, they'd go around to each other's houses like in the morning or whatever and they'd just play all day and, you know, maybe they'd have breaks to run around and be idiots and have like food breaks and, you know, maybe they died and had to make a new character or whatever. But I've never played a full day of RPG and I'm kind of gutted about that actually. <laughs> I feel like I missed out on like a key part of what makes RPG so cool and why everybody has these fond memories. I'm listening to all these other, you know, anchorites talk about their, you know, their their games, their sessions, their experiences. And I, I, I just kind of feel bummed I never had that. I've always only ever had the, you know, turn up to somebody's house after work or whatever play for a couple of hours and then everybody kind of packs up and disappears again or now I, I I run games for you know three hours or so and 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 then people go um 
And I don't know. I just, I just think it would be really fun to like run a game at like 10 o'clock in the morning and have pizzas for lunch and keep going until the evening and have like fish and chips for dinner and, and beers and then keep going until late at night and laughing and playing and, you know, really just sinking our teeth into an awesome adventure. You know, I'd want it to be like, have some mystery, have some horror elements, have, you know, something to reveal surprises around turns. It definitely, I, I definitely wouldn't just want like a, you've got to find the thing, go into the dungeon and go through every room to find it. You know, I would, I would want something with a little bit more mystery to it than that, but yeah. Yeah. Things to uncover and explore and yeah, that would be, that'd be the dream. That would be my perfect game. So past, present, or future, when is my favorite game set? So definitely the past. Definitely the past. Um, preferably that kind of medieval fantasy sort of setting with low tech and medium levels of magic. Not super high fantasy. You know, crazy, uh, you know, everything is magical kind of based. Just like you know, mages and stuff are, like, accepted, like, they're common enough, people know about them, but maybe there's only a few from every town, you know, that kind of level of <coughs> magic, um, yeah, and, like, cool, cool outfits, everybody walks around in, like, flowing robes and embroidered jackets and, you know, hooded, hooded robes, I guess. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, though I did play a really fun sort of punk, like almost cyberpunkish kind of game once with um, the crew from Shocking Grasp who were uh, amazing. Shocking Gasp? <laughs> Why did I say Shocking Grasp? Anyway, Shocking Grasp was a spell. Eh? Yeah, Shocking Gasp. Um, man, I miss those guys. Anyway, um, I play this like kind of 80s themed like Madonna-esque you know punk rock kind of chick with like neon colored like clothing I had like um armbands and you know leg warmers and you know fishnet tights and permed hair and I I had um roller skates that mechanically made me faster in game and stuff and I had a giant hammer so I was channeling a little bit of like Harley Quinn from um god what is that movie called is that her movie Birds of Prey I think it's Birds of Prey um yeah so I was channeling a little bit of like roller skate hammer wielding Harley with like a crossover with like Madonna and like you know that kind of like um Papa Don't Preach kind of vibes you know um and that that was very fun actually because we had like cyber technology and we were hacking things and stuff but that's fun as a one-off like I don't want to play that world all the time I enjoy a little delve into it, but my my favorite setting will be always, I think, um, that medieval fantasy, medium levels of 
magic and just wandering around a world and trying to save it from dark forces, mysterious forces, you know. That's 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 the sweet spot. So where is my favorite place to play? At home, in my comfy clothes, with my slippers on, with all of my toys, you know, all of my fancy dice and um, my cool, you know, tankard and that's that's my sweet spot where I want to be. Um, all of my minis around me and a comfy chair and, you know, all of that. I actually would want to, like, play on the couch, like, curled up on the couch with, like, maybe a coffee table in the middle with, like, the map and stuff. But everybody's so obsessed with maps and minis that I find everybody plays at the dining room table. But I like the idea of playing just, like, wrapped up on the couch under a blanket and just with a bowl of snacks next to me, you know, and just playing and then occasionally having to, like, crouch around a battle map or whatever and then going back to the couch, you know. I, I like the idea of that. Like, maybe switching between the two. So it's, like, we all go to the table for, like, the battles and the things that we need the maps for, but mostly we're just hanging around the lounge just talking to each other in comfy chairs. I think that would be that would be the best. Why has my favorite game stayed with me? Day 19. Why has my favorite game stayed with me? Well, uh, 5e is definitely my favorite, so I guess it's the the ease of play. You know, like I've said before, you know, the the game gets out of the way to allow us to enjoy it, like the irony of that. Like I enjoy the system because the system isn't what I enjoy about playing the game so much or the, the the way the system gets out of the way of playing the game is what I enjoy about the system. That's kind of ironic, but I mean, they did write 5e to be more role play usable, you know, and, and that's what I love about it. Also, the D&D Beyond resource makes it really easy to just like play, look up stuff, record notes, you know, ease of play is huge for me. Like, the easier it is to play, the more likely I am to return to it, basically. Um, and the memories around it, you know, my favorite game has stayed with me because I have made so many memories playing it where I'm laughing, um, playing the game, or, you know, watching people just delightedly learning to play the game. Um, all of these reasons are why 5e stays with me. It's not to say that I haven't had a great time teaching people how to play other systems. It's just that there's so many memories of people just enjoying 5e, like whether they've been away from the game for a while and returned or whether, you know, like um, these older folks who are coming to game stores and learning 5e because they remember playing like AD&D or 3E or whatever it is and they're just delighted to find that there is such a you know huge following for 5E now and they can sink their teeth back into it at an older age and get back into doing something they loved you know um the community that has grown around 5E for me and the friends that it has brought me the the way that it has changed my literal life you know um Fate of Eisen being set in 5e and meaning we met all of these amazing people and that it opened all of these avenues of opportunity for me, you know, in terms of DMing for Questbook, which is now bringing me money to play D&D. <laughs> I mean, the concept of that is ridiculous, you know, like uh, the friends that it is, it is meant that I now have, you know, that I've got a 
really good friendship with my local, my friendly local gaming store to the point where we go drinking together, you know, I, I can't count the number of ways that 5e has changed my life, you know, if it wasn't for Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition, I would not be with my partner, you know, because he reached out to me when I was talking about Dungeons and Dragons online and how much I loved it and listened to this podcast and he was like, hey, do you want to come talk to the students at my school with their lunchtime Dungeons and Dragons club about, you know, the things that you do and that put us back in contact and I remembered how great he is and for some reason he decided that I was too and now we are dating, you know. It has had such a huge impact on my life that how could it not be my favorite game and how could it not always be my favorite game? Probably forever, you know? I know it'll change. Fifth edition isn't going to stay around forever. We're going to have sixth or seventh or whatever before too long. But, you know, I will always think fondly of 5e. And how could I not, like I say? Anyway, question number 20, or day 20 prompt. How long do your games last? Well, obviously not all day, like I've been wishing they did. Um, usually my games last three hours, in, in all honest truth. Um, and, and actually, if we're really honest, it's probably more like two and a half. Because in the game store, quite often they give me a two-hour slot, but I hardly ever finish in two hours, and they kind of know that, and there's usually an hour before the next slot anyway, so two and a half is fine as long as I pack up and get off the table that quickly (laughs) so that the next DM or whatever can start setting up. Um, You know, but... And my quest book games go for three hours too, so we run from 7.30 to 10.30... you know, on Tuesday and Thursday and, and two to five on Sunday. So, you know, three hours is a good spot. It's, it's enough time to feel like you had a full game. It's enough time to like get a thing done. Um, like a sizable amount of a thing done. You can, you know, clear out a duograph fortress or a tackle a, a, what was it? A, a plesiosaur or something in the lake. Um, I forget what the name of that thing was you know but basically get a whole thing done and then maybe even get back to town and stuff and it's a good amount of time to get that done you don't start feeling like it's dragging either and like you've started too many things in one session which is good you know I don't know I think three hours is like a good amount of gaming for like one shot definitely um and for like weekly sessions absolutely but I still really want to try like a good 10 hour worth of gaming of like, you know, a big long path or something. I don't know. I think it'd be sweet. Anyway, um, Sunday 21st prompt 21. Okay. Setting Sunday, share details from a game setting that you enjoy. Man, this episode is really long. I apologize guys. Um, I just had a lot to share apparently today. Um, but this is the last one. So I want to talk to you about Salt Marsh again because of how much I love Salt Marsh. Um, I was going to talk about Sinister Secret, the first chapter, but I feel like actually everybody kind of knows about Sinister Secret because, you know, it was an older module. It, it's been around. It's a classic. You know, it's the starting module of Salt Marsh, which I feel like 
a lot of people play. Um, so they actually do get through that one um, quite often and they might not explore the rest of the content in the book. So actually what I wanted to talk to you about is the little extra adventures at the back of Ghosts of Saltmarsh, which I find incredibly useful. There is a Cove Reef map and the Wreck of the Marshall map. Basically, there's a shipwreck map and a Cove Reef map. And for both of these maps... They have three different, three or four, I don't have the book in front of me, Um, but let's say three, three different levels of adventures for them. So there's one that's set at like, you know, third level, third to fifth, somewhere around there. There's one that's set at like seven to 10 and there's one that's set at like, you know, 12 to 13. They use the same map. They use the same like locations and stuff. But they set different levels of monsters and different story prompts and different ways to wrap up said story prompts, um, different clues, different um, NPCs, different, you know, like all of these things are different. So at any given point in the adventure, if your party is like, yeah, we're going to go for a sail or whatever and, and see what we see, you could just drop this cove or this shipwreck in and have this whole side adventure, Um, and they're great. They're actually really great. Some of them are even really funny. Um, My favorite is the, the, the cove has this giant clam in the middle of it, and it glows at nighttime, and so if they're there at nighttime, of course, the, the party is going to want to investigate this clam, right? Um, And, um, Oh my goodness, I've forgotten the name of the monster. Someone will know exactly what I'm talking about when I explain these guys, but they're basically like fish people who um, their belief uh, in inanimate objects or just whatever um, often causes those objects to become like actual deities or like, you know, kind of like actually bestow things um and become gods um god I wish I could remember what the monster name is they're oh I nearly had it it's Kuatoa Kuatoa ah I got it okay um so Kuatoa yeah like they 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 just basically end up worshipping like random things so they have decided to worship this like giant glowing clam (laughs) because it glows and when you touch it it makes you feel good um and that is enough for them like it's gotta be a it's gotta be a god mechanically the glowing clam actually gives you um i think it's 10 temporary hit points or something like that um when you touch it so you just kind of you know just kind of feel good you just kind of feel restored a little bit um and uh it's there from like an older god that, um, you know, a, a, a clan of other people from a long time ago, um, you know, have have decided to worship and stuff like that. But um, these Kuatoa just worshipping this glam. And they're like, you know, if they see you kind of 
around this clam. Um, they they will sacrifice you to the Greek god clam, um, and it's my favorite because you know they're just like players are just so confused as to what the hell is happening, um, but they end up like having to fight Kuatoa or not, you know, not a pushover, um, and. Um, yeah, it's just kind of a it's just kind of a fun story. There's also an abolith um, that used to live in this area, and there's a whole lot of things around that. Like um, there used to be a whole bunch of merfolk here who um, you know served and sacrificed to the abolith and stuff like that. Um, there's a whole lot of that kind of malarkey that's going on. Um, there is actually a massive big bad um, down in like. Um, a crevice, a massive crevice. Like you have to be able to get really deep to get to this dude. So usually you would have like some kind of diving bell or helmet or even the apparatus of koalish, you know, like something like that. I let my players get away with a lot of stuff. So they actually managed to swim down there um, with some skill checks and some technology. And some of them didn't make it. One of them was down there by themselves. And yeah, it was like a really hard battle, but all of these extras are delicious. There's even like a cave with just like pretty mosaics of this abolith that used to live there. But if you sleep in the cave, it gives you like crazy nightmares and makes you go a little bit short term insane. No real other, you know, like benefits or um, disadvantages of the cave at all. Like it doesn't last terribly long or anything, but I think that's fun, right? Like you know, like the cave, you can kind of breathe in it. So you can go there and breathe some oxygen after being underwater for a while. And then you just, you just <laughs> go insane if you sleep there. Um, and I think that's kind of fun too. You know, I, I just think Salt Marsh is full of so many of these wonderful additional details at the back of the book that just go unloved, unnoticed, unvalued. And the book is just full of wonderful work, amazing um, creations and and so much stuff that I don't really need to come up with a lot of stuff around it myself. There's just so many things to use and enjoy and for my players to explore that I don't even know if we'll ever get through it, even with two campaigns going two different ways. I still don't think I'll get through everything in this book and be able to explore it all for them. Um, yeah. Ghost of Salt Marsh. Check it out. Value it. It's an incredible book. And yeah. That is my sitting Sunday. So uh, on Tuesday, as it is currently, I will end this episode up by saying a big thank you to my gems who support uh, on Patreon and really um, pump me up and keep me going. Um, So that's James, Jason, Barry, Liren, Ezekiel, KP, Joey, Dusty, Carl, and BJ. Um, I love you all. Uh, Actually... Uh, BJ and Carl I got to hang out with recently on a recent episode um, with Jason and Joey as well uh, of Cerebravore where we talked about alignment and stuff. So that'll be coming out in a week or so. Um, And I'm really looking forward to you guys hearing that because I think that was a really interesting chat about um, alignments and how we use them and how we feel about them and the different types of alignments and stuff like that and settings. I hope I sounded smart 
as the other guys do because they all seemed really smart and they had really good things to say. So I hope I don't embarrass myself and you guys enjoy hearing me on a panel chat talking about alignment as well. So go check out that um, and subscribe to Cerebral everywhere it is. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that was really cool. Um, I enjoyed that a lot. So big thanks to my GMs and big thanks to my Collins. So Joey from Hindsight List, Jason from Nerds RPG Variety Cast, and Spencer from Keep Off the Borderlands. Thanks, lads, for um, giving me a big holler out and um, just telling me you enjoy listening to me ramble. Um, Dusty says that some of my best episodes are when I ramble. So Dusty, this one should be right up your alley because me on did I ramble. <laughs> So, yeah, Um, I just really want you guys to have a nice day and a nice uh, week and a nice weekend, you know. Um, So, kia pai to kotora, have a nice day, wherever this finds you. Um, I just really, I just really hope you're okay and you're doing okay and uh, you go hang out with some friends if you're not. you put your happiness first for a change if you're not feeling okay because it's okay to put you first and your happiness first sometimes so I really want that for you look after yourself and stay well you know I care about you so reach out if you're not feeling okay because I'm here basically all right anyway let me get out of here Goodbye. Goodbye. (laughs) Imagine just hanging up on that. Goodbye. (laughs) Anyway, I will see you again soon. I will see you again next week, in fact. Um, As you know, Ponies is on hold for RPG Day because these episodes are far too long. So we'll pick that back up again after August um, and some nerds episodes and a whole lot of good stuff to come. So, inohora, kakite ano, aroha nui. Goodbye. I will see you again soon. And I love you loads. So goodbye. Goodbye.